Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us please stand and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in the place that your hand has stretched for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, ignorance, selfishness, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostolic Guardian to your divine hands, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The place of Holy Scripture which we are going to read is Luke chapter 24, verse 44. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms concerning me. In Christ Jesus, we together are called to inherit all that God has promised to Christ. If we are partakers of the body of Christ, then Christ will share with us all that is written about Him in Scripture under the condition of our collaboration with the Holy Spirit in what we must do on our end so that we receive the right to set aside our former way of life in order to clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And a very familiar place of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, for affirmation. There are a lot more places of Scripture, but this stands as the basis of our topic, which we have been hearing now for many years. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness of truth. For the fulfillment of this commandment, there are three faithful and basic commands and verbs. This is to set aside renew and to clothe and those saints that are seeking God's face and the fulfillment of his commandments and the fulfillment of his will God will spread to them his golden scepter of favor you know when we had heard 
that at the door of our hope of rapture, that God is going to create something wonderful and, and glorified on our earth. I am referring to for our earth, for our body. Then we arrived at such a joy that this became our comfort, our portion, our hope. It became easier to go forward, easier to endure certain sufferings, certain illnesses, certain lacks, because we begin to look at that reward which we had heard about, which was revealed to us. Because before the Lord raptures His holy chosen remnant, He is going to reward the righteous here on this earth, and He will reward in such a way that He will cast out from His body the old man or the power of death in the face of the old one. In place of the power of death, He will raise up the kingdom of heaven, as we know in the virtue of the tree of life or the power of life. As we read in Proverbs, it is said, and so the righteous will be given on earth in the body, and so to the wicked and to the sinner will be given their retribution. So the righteous will receive their reward here in their body when the Lord is going to throw out the old man from the body in the face of the old man. He will cast out the wicked in the face of the old man, and then the body of a person will become different, freed, freed from decay, freed from death, illness, all kinds of decay. Because we, in fact, have never seen a body that has been freed from the law of sin and death. A body that does not have the program of sin in it. None of us have ever seen this before, an earthly body that is freed from decay. This is not just youthfulness, some kind of beauty, because today, you know, youthfulness and absolute beauty, all of it is succumbed to all kinds of aggression in the form of viruses, decay, illnesses, and death. We see this, and sometimes you look at a young person, a beautiful person, you'd think, but still, on the body, there is still some kind of defects, some kind of certain lack, which a person constantly tried to hide, to fix, tries to strive to some kind of beauty. This is not bad, but right now we are talking about when the Lord will reward the righteous and that he will cast out the wicked in the face of the old man, and then the body of a person will then become different. There will be this perfection of God. This is God's masterpiece. It is God's art. When you th even think about this, this is the wisdom of God that is going to be revealed in the body of a person. The vision of God will be in the body of a person in which will be raised up the power of life. And we, as the children of Abraham, we heard about this promise we believed in it, we began to look upon this reward, and we begin to wait for it, to wait for it in patience. When the Lord will fulfill this, which is wonderful. And today, before our prayer, I would like to talk about or pass along one important revelation that has been given to us by our pastor brother Arkadi. 
about how God thanks those people and what this gratitude is expressed in. When we thank God for the inexistent power in our life as already existent, or when we thank God for the inexistent victory in our life, or for the inexistent promise that are called to be fulfilled in our life. I wanted to highlight this thought about how God responds. Given that today I will talk about gratitude, we're going to talk about how God answers with His gratitude to the gratitude of His children. This will be rather more correct. Because this is a commandment which we had just read, to set aside the former way of life, to renew our thinking and to clothe ourselves into the new man. And this refers to the door of our hope. This is truly a commandment we are talking about, not just have placed it as a foundation. Pastor, he didn't just simply receive it, he received it as a revelation. And we can collaborate with it when we release the faith of our heart through thanksgiving and prayer. What is thanksgiving or what is gratitude? Thanksgiving and prayer is one of the virtues that are part of the contents of a sweet incense. There was a lot of sermons dedicated to this, a lot of thoughts, revelations by our pastor, but I will just quickly talk about these main ideas before I talk about this sign, as I mentioned, how God responds to the gratitude of his children with his gratitude when a person calls the inexistent victory in his life as existent. What's interesting, you know, uh, last Tuesday, if you remember, we remembered what prayer is, the genesis of prayer. We heard well about what the memory of God is because in God's memory is all prayer. This is the genesis of prayer. This is all of that which God has in His heart. This is a remembrance of what is hallowed to Him, which we today have today in us as well, through the person whom God has given to us, passed along to us. These thoughts are in us. We heard about continuity in prayer, about about consistency, and on Friday we also heard about a perseverant prayer. How important it is that without a perseverant prayer, not one sacrifice will be accepted by God. This quality is necessary. And I know that you remember well that these qualities, there are ten, ten qualities of warrior prayer. And the one who has a righteous heart will be can be an intercessor. And before I talk about the sign of thanksgiving, we'll talk about one of the qualities of the warrior prayer in thanksgiving, thanksgiving and prayer or gratitude. Therefore, let us first talk about what thanksgiving is, and then we'll look at the signs, how God responds with His gratitude to our gratitude. When we proclaim, when we confess, when we call the inexistent victory in our life as already existent. We need to know this so that these are not vain or idle words. Thanksgiving and prayer is none other than an expression or unraveling of a thankful heart before God 
that is accepted by God as a fragrance with which a person is supposed to walk in the presence of God so that he does not die. Apostle Paul had wrote that in the end days, there are going to be very many people that are going to lack gratitude. And of course, you'll say, well, ungracious, of course, ungrateful people. I've also met ungrateful people in my life. But Apostle Paul did not write about the world because in the world there are grateful people. You'll say, how? There are. Uh, perhaps there are grateful people from our understanding, according to human understanding, when we were taught, say thank you for this good thing that was done. This is this is how we were disciplined. Right now we're talking about gratitude and prayer, about the quality of a warrior prayer that is inherent only in the church, only for warriors of prayer, which totally does not talk about that thank you or thanksgiving that people say today for some kind of good work or for some kind of mercy given to them. They are disciplined people say thank you. Those that are undisciplined, they don't say this. They have not been taught. But we are talking about a different quality. And Apostle Paul had highlighted and said that there are going to be very many of those that are unthankful, ungrateful. And churches are going churches, saints are going to fill be filled with these kind of people. This is a revelation Apostle Paul will remember when Pastor had talked about this. I looked at all of the qualities of warrior prayer completely different because I once again returned, went back to them, listened to them, these characteristics, and had discovered that it turns out that the quality of gratitude, thanksgiving, is not that which I thought about or that which I thought it was going to be. So let's look at the antonym, the antonym of thanksgiving and what it is. This is not just ingratitude. Pastor highlighted in all of these thoughts that this is stiffness. And as soon as you look at this uh, ugly word, stiffness, a person with a will, with a neck that does not want to submit his will to the will of God, this is an ungrateful person. You'll understand that this is why. In the church, there are so many people that are ungrateful. Because these people, if you remember, according to the words of Stephen, they always resist the Holy Spirit. They resist the Holy Spirit. They resist the order of God. If you remember, in his sermon, when he had turned to the elite of the high priest that had crucified Christ, he turned to them with these words. He said to them, Though you who are stiff-necked, ungrateful, ungrateful people with a stiff neck, he said, those with an uncircumcised heart and ears, you'll always resist the Holy Spirit. So an ungrateful person, you'll see that it turns out that this is a person who has never rejected his will for the will of God. This is a person who constantly resists the Holy Spirit and the order of God. This is a person whose heart is stiff. In his heart, nothing can end up there. No kind of seed. He is closed off to it. And his ear is not circumcised. He is not a disciple. He can't accept and hear. And God says, the anger of God burns upon stiff people. And the Lord is amazed by grateful people because he has submitted his will. He rejected his own will, his own understanding for the benefit of the will of God. 
So when we right now look at certain thoughts that pastor has given us, we will see right away that it turns out that thanksgiving and prayer, gratitude is very important. God can't call us grateful if we don't refuse our own will and our own understanding so that we don't end up as these high priests were or as the Pharisees were who had crucified Christ. We note that thanksgiving and prayer is first and foremost an act of obedience towards the faith of God in which a person trusts in the words of God and believes in the fact that God is vigilant over His word and that God will, war will reward those who seek Him. You see how clear everything is here. The act of obedience to the faith of God. Meaning, we are obedient means we are grateful. These kind of people trust God. They know the righteous trust. They say God will reward. And so, having received a promise in our heart through the preached word from his messenger, a person rejoices in his heart and begins to thank God for the inexistent as the existent. Because of this, an answer of God's gratitude to the faith of the heart expressed in fruit of the mouth that praises God and thanksgiving will be comprised of executing the promise that is awaited by a person over which God was vigilant so that it could be fulfilled. As we already know, not one promise will ever be realized if a person does not release the faith of his heart through thanksgiving. It will be impossible for faith to be released without the faith of the heart. First, it must be found there. How do we receive this faith in the heart? How do we gain the faith in the heart? We had heard last service on Tuesday, we had heard about this because we had talked about inconsistent about consistency in prayer, continual prayer. It is impossible to receive it without the person who is going to be pass, pass it along to you. Someone that is a father, someone that has the seed, and we must accept. We must at a certain time, during certain days, to continually hear the word, this consistency, to have this consistency in our life, to continually ponder upon the word. And not just be found in the teaching of the apostles, but be found in fellowship with saints, to be in the breaking of bread, to be continually in song and prayer, that which the disciples had done. This is very important, and in this way, so that we are not stiff, because we right now are talking about gratitude, and a gratitude person, a gracious person, knows how to release the faith of his heart. He refuses his will for the benefit of the will of God. And we must note that if a person in his thanksgiving proclaims the faith of his heart from the inexistent to the existent, the fulfillment of certain promises will be fulfilled in time, but some will be fulfilled in an undying reward in eternity on the new heaven and new earth. Because not all promises which we hear about today, know about today, that God will fulfill here on earth. Given that some promises, they will be fulfilled here on earth, but some in the new heaven and the new earth. Why? 
because not all promises are meant for the earth. God's promise, He has very many promises and an immeasurable amount of treasures and number. There is no number or limit to these promises. In this multitude, it belongs a part to this earth and a part to the new heaven and to the new earth. Let's look at how some men and women had carried and had released this faith of their heart through thanksgiving, understanding and knowing what the promise is, that some promises they will receive here and a part of the promises they will receive on the new heaven and the new earth. But they already had thanked for this and carried it, as we know. This was the seed of truth which was found in the state of resurrection. That is why they already called and thanked God for the inexistent as existent. We were shown certain examples. This is in Hebrews chapter 11 verses 5 through 16. There is many different uh, men and women of faith, but we will look at some of them. That which has already been uncovered for us. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch had faith as we know, and it was faith in that he would not die. He had accepted, received this information that he would not die, that which we have received today. And he carried it in himself, and he released it by giving birth to Methuselah. So practically, he, Methuselah for him was already a seed of truth that was contained in the state of resurrection. He was not in death. He was no. It was all in the state of a fruit, state of resurrection, and having give, give birth, given birth to Methuselah, he was affirmed. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without this information which he received in his heart, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he who comes to God must believe, must be affirmed through faith, through the word that has been heard, because faith is information, or faith is the revelation of the word that is heard, which he had accepted. But to have faith, to have faith through this information, through the heard word, is not just to repent and become Christian. This, as Pastor has shown, this is to be affirmed. Affirmation happens thanks to the word that we hear. We must see this fruit in ourselves, see it already in ourselves. Furthermore, the next man of faith, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he had condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, um, Abraham had heard this revelation, accepted it, had engraved it clearly, so clearly to write and engrave a revelation that with his faith, with this information, he had condemned the whole world. Nothing living was left remaining thanks to his faith. Everything perished. Everything died. It was only him and his family. He had placed this faith in the format of the material measure arc. He had to build all of this. These are all those truths which we today hear. And you know for what? 
so that the whole world can die, the wicked can die in our essence, so that we can die to our nation, to the house of our Father, to all of our corrupt desires of our soul, so that this world of the wicked can perish and nothing can remain living, so that God can be comforted and breathe in the aroma when we die to all of this. This tells us that Noah was found in death, in the death of the Lord Jesus in the ark. He was contained and hidden then thanks to this faith. The next main of faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise, for he awaited the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. They lived without having this land yet. They understood that they had received a revelation through faith that the land, the earth, is an image of the city whose builder and maker is God. And by faith they waited for this without having reached a span of this land. They received a revelation that only through this city, meaning when Abraham uh, was shown this city, he understood that this city is the church. He understood that in order to receive the promise, he needs to look at the city. Furthermore, by faith, Sarah who also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him who fa- him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by seashore. And take a look, it says here, Noah was in the ark, And until everything had died, God did not complete his work. Same thing here. Everything had to die for Abraham and for Sarah as well. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland, and truly if they had called to to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Their main promise was to come into the home of their father. As we said, some promises will be fulfilled here. There is no number to these promises. But at others, as we mentioned, they are not meant for this earth. They will be fulfilled on the new heaven and the new earth. Let's remember how God answers to our gratitude when we call the inexistent victory in our life as already existent. 
as these men and women of faith had done. And of course, I want to say, if the revelation that we hear today is not clearly engraved on the tablets of our heart, it is uh, not understandable to us ourselves, we don't understand it, or it is impure, you know, as if it is written dimly, then God won't answer to this kind of promise. He will not answer to this. Meaning, we must have clearly written on the tablets of our heart the promise. How do we check? How do we verify that on the tablets it is written? You know that tablets of the heart. What are tablets? Tablets, they were double, right? Everyone knows that tablets, uh, tablets were doubled. They were doubled. And what in our heart are these tablets? First, this is our cleansed conscience and our renewed mind. Now, in order for our conscience that is cleansed from dead works, in order we need to place the faith teaching, the dignity of the reigning teaching, we must place in it all of the promises, all of the decrees, ordinances, statutes, commandments, judgments, all of this we place in our cleansed conscience from dead works. And then these are tablets, and then we begin to ponder upon these words ponder over these truths in our renewed thinking and only then we release the faith of our heart so that it could be the faith of our heart and they are not idle words. So tablets is our cleansed conscience that is filled with the truth of God, that is filled with the reigning teaching, the truth that stands as a foundation and our renewed mind. And of course, you know that God is going to weigh the word of every person. And if the word of a person which he has spoken uh, it, it did not was not found heavy weighed on the scales of justice because it is supposed to be found heavy, then this kind of word is going to be equal or if it does have weight, it will be equal to the words of God. And the most important is for us to understand what kind of promise we are referring to, what God reveals so that it is understandable and understanding and clearly written in our hearts. Let's look at the sign. And very quickly, we looked at what Thanksgiving is. There was lots of sermons where we covered about the quality of warriors of prayer, intercessors. And I wanted to simply look at the, the sign to remind us of the sign that we will focus our attention on. This is the answer of God's gratitude, the gratitude of His Son, in which he, by the word of faith, brought Lazarus out of death. This was a strong revelation that was given by our pastor. I will say that it was given to us as a help. Why? Because here, there are not going to be any questions here. Uh, many will say, well, how will this happen? How will the adoption of our body happen? How will this promise happen in this sermon? Pastor answered practically all these questions when a person asks a question. I many times had listened to this sermon. And it is worth not just listening to one, two times, three times, but many times. John chapter 11 verses 39 through 45. Jesus said, Take away the stone. 
Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews that had come to Mary and had seen what Jesus had done, they then believed in him. We know that the Bible is a very economical book. Is what Pastor writes. However, the event that is tied with Lazarus is illustrated in the whole 11th chapter, which contains 57 verses, and this is a lot. And the first part of the 12th chapter. It is this event that served as the idea that then the priests had to kill Jesus because because of the because Lazarus who was who was raised or resurrected uh, many Jews had then come to come to God it is from the house of Lazarus that Jesus went to uh, his final path to Jerusalem was given over to the centurion and given up to die on the cross Lazarus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Eliezer, which means God's, God helped, God's help, and God is helper. That is why Pastor highlighted that this event for us will be a help for us to understand how the clothing of our bodies will occur, how will we, we will receive the adoption of our bodies, how the power of death will be cast out and the power of life will be raised up. Each detail is necessary to see. Jesus had to see in the death of Lazarus his death and his resurrection. And given that we are found in Christ, we also need to see our death and our resurrection in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, in the death and resurrection of Lazarus, God's thanksgiving is presented for our Thanksgiving. And so in the death and resurrection of Lazarus, God wanted to show an image of the death and resurrection of Christ, as well as the image of the death and resurrection of the category of people in which Christ abides and who abide in Christ. And we know that Lazarus, he was raised not in a changed format. We're not talking about rapture right now. He was um, raised, he was resurrected there were no illnesses in him. In this manner, the event with Lazarus was intended to serve as help. Again, he affirms that the event with Lazarus was intended to serve as help for Christ 
this was help for Christ as well. This event, the Heavenly Father had sent him there so that he can see through this event how his death and resurrection would happen. And we need to see not just the death and resurrection of Lazarus, but also we will look and look at Christ and see this together. Because if we don't die in Christ, just as Lazarus had died, we will not be raised and we will not be able to be clothed in resurrection. This is an image. And right now we are not talking about literally to die. We are talking about a different kind of death. We are talking about how to die to our nation in the face of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life to our nationalities that people are so tied to these days, denominations, confessions, how to die to the house of our Father in the face of the vain life which curses a person. It's necessary to die to this, to die to our brothers and sisters, mothers, fathers that reject the truth, that are stiff, that don't want to come to it that are ungrateful they don't want to reject their will for the will of God they resist the Holy Spirit their heart is stiff they don't want to collaborate you remember when Christ had said he had said to these people that are stiff to those that are ungrateful he said let them not see with their eyes let them not hear with their ears let them not understand with their heart and let them not turn this is the strong curse Uh, towards these people that are ungrateful, a strong curse that was spoken towards them. If we do not die in Christ Jesus, just as Lazarus had done, we will not be able to be clothed in him. And before we begin our study in this, we will point or focus our attention to one important detail that is intended to serve as, again, help for Christ. And uh, we will look at the stone that was taken away where the dead man was lying. Christ said, take away the stone. If you remember that, for Christ, the stone was taken away. And here, the stone was taken away. And in this sermon, Pastor Arkadi shows, or he passes along that vision which he had seen. He saw himself in a tomb covered by a stone and patiently calmly waited for the stone to be taken away. I'm uh, letting going of this vision because we don't have enough time, but you will need to listen, to truly listen to it, because there he, in great detail, highlights what will happen with the church, how God revealed to him, showed him the mutual state of the Church of Christ, the Church as the Bride. Because the Church as the Bride Today she is found in such a position. She today in the same way dwells in the death of Christ and waits for when the stone will be taken away. She is found in the same state as she, as Christ was found one time, as Lazarus was found one time. Because before the Lord raptures the church, we already know and hear this all the time, the church must be clothed into the new man. It is here on earth that she is called to receive this reward. This is called to shake the whole world. That's why the kings will be in disar- in astonished. That's why the people will be uh, will be amazed. 
uh, where again we're not talking about the youthfulness being clothed in the youthfulness that today people imagine this is a beauty of a different order this isn't just decay illnesses that will leave or viruses won't touch our body all of this will happen but this is of a different kind of order a beauty perfection of a different kind of order but this is called to happen at the end of age and coinciding to this will be a sermon which we hear today about how to take off the old man with his works how to renew our thinking and how to clothe ourselves into the new man here in this event the Lord shows Jesus as well as us how the stone was taken away the difference was that in the resurrection of Lazarus the stone that closed the entrance of the grave was taken away by people and the stone that closed the entrance of the grave where Jesus lay was taken away by angels so we will see these and they will be present in us if you remember the watchman that had protected the tomb of Christ the high priest said that we heard that the disciples said that when Christ will rise but he will not rise they didn't believe in this although they knew about this and they told the watchman to be placed at this tomb but it's written that in the third day there was a strong earthquake and the angels with their hand they had cast away the stone and the watchmen that had stand there guarding it from fear from the supernatural fear they became as dead they became frozen and Christ calmly exited out of the out of the tomb but an interesting detail Christ we remember in the tomb was three days and three nights Lazarus was four days we are talking right now about that in Christ Jesus death and resurrection of Lazarus this is an answer of God's gratitude towards our gratitude when we with the word of faith through our proclamation will exit out of death and into resurrection in order to clothe our body into the new man it is necessary in the dimension of the spirit to be immersed in the death of the Lord Jesus and be contained in the figurative grave that is closed by a stone and when the time allotted to us by God in the death of Lord Jesus expires the Holy Spirit through the gospel of his messengers and he has already declared this and we know because we must take this word he will command the stone to be taken away from the entrance of the grave in which our soul will rest our soul that has died in the death of Christ for our nation, our household, and our corrupt desires. The image of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the image and resurrection of Lazarus is a revelation for us about how the Holy Spirit will clothe us into the resurrection of Christ in the face of our new man who has been created by God in Christ Jesus, as we say, in righteousness and holiness of truth. Accepting the image of man, Jesus was given the virtue of being a light to the world, interesting, in the format of a deposit. Here it is beautifully written, and very interestingly written, that having taken on the image of man, Jesus was given the virtue of being a light to the world in the format of a deposit. And in order to affirm the status of light in the virtue of the Son of Man, Jesus was to place the deposit of his virtue into circulation in which he was supposed to voluntarily give himself up to death to inherit resurrection, to clothe himself in resurrection, 
and in this manner to affirm the virtue of light in the status of the Son of Man. Let's take a look at the status and how he had affirmed it, how the Son of Man had affirmed the status. This is highlighted by J John on the island of Patmos and what he saw. He saw Christ and he talks about how he was. He affirmed his status. This is Revelation chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars which you see or saw in my right hand, my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So to John was shown the church of Jesus Christ, which he led to himself because he had affirmed this light through this armor of light. And the seven angels are the seven servants. Of course, in fact, there are not seven. There are more, but right now we are talking figuratively about this is fullness. And this means that they all were found in the right hand. Who can be placed in the right hand of God? Only those saints that have a righteous heart. Only those that have come to a perfect image. Seven, fullness. This is the number of the church. There are not seven, there are many more, but right now we are speaking figuratively. Lazarus is an image of a person whose body was not changed but was clothed in the resurrection of Christ. Before the resurrection of Lazarus, he did not turn any Jews to Christ, although he was a friend of Christ. But after four days in which he was contained in the death of the Lord Jesus, being clothed in the resurrection of Christ in the face of his new man, he became a light to the surrounding Jews, many of whom came and believed in Christ. Before this, no one had believed. I will once again read this place. John chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests lauded to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. So when Lazarus became, when did Lazarus become a light? When he began to resurrect when he was clothed in resurrection I want to just remind us of this image of four days why was Lazarus in the tomb for four days an image of the four days during which Lazarus was in the grave and then rose is addressed well in the first book of Genesis let's look at how this happens because all of us receive light in the dignity of a deposit so when we are born again, we receive this light. We are born again, but this is a seed, a deposit, and we need to affirm it. We need to grow it to affirm it. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19. 
Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons, and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens, to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God sent them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth on our body and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good so the evening and the morning were the fourth day this was the fourth day so the first day when God had said let there be light we see that this light was not yet light it was darkness so the light that is in man we know in a carnal or an infant this light is darkness with this light, he can't entice souls. With this light, he can't build himself up. In order to be a light, it is necessary to have in our spirit, in our heart, these two great lights, the sun, moon, and the stars, to have the arsenal of light, the whole heavenly army. To be a light, it's not just as Pastor said, to be a small little star or to small. When a person shines, he says, I have a little light. With this light, we can't shine. We need to have the whole arsenal of light, to have the whole spiritual army in us to govern over our land, to govern over our universe, because each of us is a universe that is enclosed, and we can govern only through the light, only through that which the Lord opens for us. Because if this light is not existent, then this person can't govern. He will govern as somebody that is stiff. He says, well, this is how I see. This is how I understand. Because infants and carnal uh, say this. What can we say here? What can an infant or a carnal say the first, second, third day? Nothing. His light is darkness. But when he grows this light in the dignity of the reigning teaching on the fourth day, when the two great lights shine, the sun, the moon, and the stars, then he will see. We are talking about the image of the four days. Why Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. Why it's necessary for us in the death of the Lord Jesus to grow this reigning teaching. Let's read how this order of the four days was opened by Apostle Paul in an extended translation. We again and again are studying this and affirming this on Sundays. Here is present the order of the teaching. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 through 2. And we will read as we usually do an extended version which our pastor had given us. Therefore, having sprinkled our souls with elementary principles of Christ, and being clothed in the armor of light, the sun, the moon, and the stars, contained in the rulership of this teaching, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. This is the image why Lazarus was for four days in the tomb, and after this became a light, began to entice souls. He became this, and we must see this in us, these four days. There are four days in which we must also view outside of us. As Pastor had said, these four days are not literal four days. 
when we look at it outside of us. These are four periods of history which today they have come and approached their end. And we today are found at the end of the fourth period when the stone is going to be uh, cast away. And God has already begun to do this through his preached word. Because the sermon that we have heard today, we have heard that, that there exists an opportunity here on earth in this body to receive the adoption of our body, to see in our decaying body, as Job had said, we see this redemption. Many say, my body is not decaying, I'm young. But we know that even though scientists came to this, that decay, even decay is contained also in even a small child that is just conceived in the womb of his mother. is already there is decay in him. He just goes slowly, slowly, and then with great speed how much is given a per, to a person to live. We've received this, and Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and He and the last day will restore me from the ash and on my flesh. I will see the Lord. I will see Him myself, not the eyes of another, but my eyes will see Him. He believed in this redemption. He lived according to this redemption. He had this virtue. He knew this faith of Judaism of which we know that this is that reigning teaching which we carry in ourselves. For what's interesting, Pastor had noted and highlighted that Job was found in leprosy for four years, not just four years in leprosy. This is not easy. And then after this, he also was able to, he very clearly had written on the tablets of his heart that promise which the Lord had given him. And he says, I know I will see. And he did see this. This was the first image. And let's look again at another image of four days. We right now are talking about what carries the image of four days. It's important to see all of these. This is the smell of a carcass that was supposed to be assigned to the angels thanks to which they will be well informed around which category of people they should make a protective circle around. So the angels will make a circle around a certain category of people to be ready to partake in the adoption of their bodies and the resurrection, as well as their uh, partaking in the clothing of their bodies and in it, into resurrection and in their resurrection. The angels will be a part of this. We know that they partake upon healing, upon praise, upon listening to the word. The angels gather and are found on those places where the children of God gather. And what is interesting is they take up a circular action. And not a circle around all churches, but only those churches that are Zion. There where there is the fear of the Lord, there where there is a revelation, that truth that they have heard. There where it is preached this promise, God tells his angels to surround a circle around. We can know and uh, see this because despite this, they take up a circle around certain saints who have grown in themselves these four days in the death of the Lord Jesus that have begun to be a light that have this fragrance that is a aroma of 
a death to some and aroma of life to others. Around these righteous, there's not one angel like usual, we know, but you know that devil sees the spiritual atmosphere. He sees that around certain saints, righteous, there is a circle of angels, and these are not just ordinary angels. They take up empty places. They are found here. We don't see them. They sing together with us. What's interesting, they sing the same songs. They're not going to sing different songs. We sing, they sing together with us. And they listen to the word and they worship together with us. And Jesus says, I want to once again read this place of scripture. John 11 verses 39 through 40. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Martha says, Lord, it's already stenching. There's already four days he's in the tomb. This is one of the very important qualities of the righteous, not just four days which he has grown and become a light, but to have this uh, smell of a car carcass that is an aroma of life to some, an aroma of death to others. Apostle Paul says, who is capable of this? Who is able to grow in themselves these four days to become this light? Who is capable? He who has made himself in the image of the four days. He who was able not just to entice souls, but he who as he writes, he who does not distort the word of God in himself, him who has contained and hidden this word in himself, and he begins to proclaim it, the faith of his heart. He proclaims it, he prophesies it, speaks it, as from God, before God, in Christ. Here, very interesting, Martha says, there is a stench. For some, this will be a stench of death but for the angels this is going to be the smell of a carcass they will come and surround this carcass they will receive this command from god there where the carcass is the angels will gather we know that there are certain birds for them a carcass when we run away uh, I'd run away from the stench of a carcass because it's a very strong smell for them this is a delicacy they according to this aroma find their food and they eat it uh, these birds like this it's a delicacy and they thank god for this blessing for this hunt for example you know that for the egyptians a sheep it was abominable and the shepherd also was but for the israelites a pig was abominable and the shepherds of pigs they were abominable for the jews for the israelites in scripture, let's read, it is said that for the wicked, the righteous and his thinking are abominable. This is a figurative. For the righteous, abominable is the wicked and his thinking. They are abominable to one another. They give off this stench and they run away from one another. Proverbs 12.5, the thoughts of the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. Proverbs 15:26 The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord but the words of the pure are pleasant. So a person that has grown in himself or has grown the arsenal of light in himself the reigning teaching the sun the moon the stars 
He has become a fragrance of Christ. We had listened on Sunday when we had covered birth to the throne, and we had listened to that idea that John had seen in heaven a sign. He saw a woman clothed in the moon, under her feet was clothed in the sun, under her feet was a moon, and she had a garland of twelve stars. I think remember we remember what this is, and I want to once again remind us what are the sun, moon, and stars in our essence, because yes, this is the reigning teaching of Christ. Yes, this is the truth. But what is the sun? Where is it found? Because when we talk about the sun, then of course it is, we think this is our new man. Yes, this is the inner position of our innermost man that is filled with the holiness of truth. There where there is truth as a foundation, this is our innermost man. What is the moon? The moon is our renewed mind. The moon doesn't have its own light. It takes from the light of the sun, from the truth. Truth is always the foundation. The moon is an image of renewed thinking. Thanks to this light, this bright light, it receives this light and it has the firmness of the spirit and the stars. Again, these are the promises that are illuminated in the heaven of our heart. And all these attributes on the woman, they didn't belong to the woman, if you remember, Pastor noted this. They, in fact, belonged to the male child. The male child then took them. The woman was later given the two wings of an eagle, and she went into the wilderness. But the garland of twelve stars was on the head of the woman. This is an image of those promises which we look upon, which we constantly have, which we look upon. You know, I myself paid attention. At, sometimes I walk and I look at heaven at night. And sometimes when you look quickly at heaven, I think you noticed some bright stars are bright, one or two are bright. But if you stop your eyes and if you begin to look, you will be astonished. There are even more and more and more. And then all of a sudden you have a feeling. There is such a heaven of stars. There are so many stars that it is difficult to count. And this tells us for us to look upon the promises, to look upon the truths. Then they begin to shine. You will see these promises because this is very important in order to be an aroma. To be an aroma is to die to this world, to be a stench to the wicked, to the lawless, to the sinners, to be a stench to those people that are idle, who speak idle words, to stench to those that don't have faith, to those that, you know, as it is said, those that come that are disorderly, they have no order, they are stiff, they don't follow the order of the Holy Spirit. We are right now talking about Thanksgiving, the antonym of Thanksgiving is stiffness. People who resist the Holy Spirit, the order of God. Where the carcass is, the eagles will gather. Matthew 24, verses 3 through 28. Here it is written about this. Uh, Jesus says, As the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So there where there will be the image of the death of the Lord Jesus when a person 
will constantly die when a person constantly with his faith as Noah when all had died in him. There these angels will gather around the righteous person. Why angels? Why do angels gather and take up a circular position around these people? Because they are ready. They're standing at the ready at the start in order to overthrow these strong angels that are standing. Because the old man, or rather the wicked in our body, we must bind him. He is in a prison. But there are going to participate, if you've paid attention, how many different places. There will be the man of God that represents for us the fatherhood of God that had uncovered this revelation, which we at first we rejoiced in. What a revelation. What is this? Is it true that in us this will happen to us here on earth? Our innermost man will partake in this in the format of this truth of the Son, which our renewed thinking, our lips, there the saints will partake, there the angels will partake, that will take up a circular position, that are going to cast out this old man into the underworld, and then they are going to lift up a person or to go with him, they will, they will guide him, as Pastor says. I am worried that we are not having enough time. That's why there are a lot of things that I plan to say I'm letting go. I just want to speak of the last final, final touch. I thought, I apologize, I thought today I would have finished much earlier. There is not enough time left, but let's talk about the final touch that we will see when we are clothed into the new man, which Pastor had also noted. This is when the grave clothes will be taken off of us and we will receive the opportunity to walk in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is also very important, very important action, and this is also a help for us. John chapter 11, verses 43 through 44. Lazarus, come forth, he said. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. And so grave clothes that covered the dead were linen cloths that were drenched in incense that were used for the wealthy and poor deceased citizens. Um, you remember that linen is an image of death and resurrection for Jesus was also made this kind of incense there was over a hundred liters of these mere aloe used, these oils, where his whole body was dressed, uh, drenched. You remember uh, Joseph, who was a rich person, he went and he asked for the body of Jesus. He covered his whole body with these oils. He covered these cloths and he placed in his in his tomb and there was a stone, a large stone that was placed that the angels had to take away. It, just like that, it was difficult to remove. That's how Jews were usually buried. And so let's look at the final, uh, the final element. We will look at the image of Lazarus who was death and then Lazarus who, was, uh, who arose in us. Lazarus, if you remember, God has helped. God's help. God's helper. This, for us, this event will help us will help us to see the, these details. 
and to be comforted, to rejoice, not looking at those sufferings that we are going today and certain uh, difficult illnesses that we may be enduring. Lazarus, who had died and been clothed in grave clothes, is an image of fragrance that came from a person who presented his body to God as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So this was in death. This was for God, for us to uh, represent, so that God can accept us as a living sacrifice and holy and pleasing. Apostle Paul writes, we always carry in ourselves the death of the Lord Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus can be revealed in our perishable body. Whereas the resurrected Lazarus, freed from the grave clothes, is an image of a person walking in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So now that he has resurrected, these grave clothes were no longer needed. Jesus said, uh, Christ has r- risen. This is no longer needed. We are talking right now about how important it is to have the quality of a prayer of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, which is tied to being, to not being stiff, to not being stiff, because stiffness is firstly a person who has not rejected his will for the will of God. He has a very stiff neck. He doesn't want to collaborate as was talked about uh, the patriarch Isaacar. I I said that incorrectly. On the contrary, Isaacar had bowed his neck and we need to bow our will, which we have done, so that we can be grateful. Not all people understand how God gives victory, how God leads us out of difficult circumstances, how God leads us out of illness, how God leads us out of death to life, only through thanksgiving, only through praise, only through certain praise when we begin to exclaim, when we begin to think, when we understand what thanksgiving and prayer is, what quality this is, because this is one of the aromas and virtues that is supposed to be present in our heart. And when God sees this, then He, according to His Word, will answer, because He is unchanging in His Word. I know that devil at times comes and brings certain thoughts through our flesh, through those near to us, which are not yet vigilant over their words, when they say, this will never happen, you won't be able to be restored, you can't be healed, you can't reach or attain anything, you are not so, in time, there's little time. But we must remember that Scripture says that devil is a liar, not just a liar. Scripture says he is the father of all lies. And therefore, the Lord remains faithful to his word. And if the righteous has placed this word, this revelation, this promise in his heart, heart that is cleansed of dead works and has begun to collaborate with God, has begun to proclaim this, then God is going to bring him to victory. He will bring him to that which we will receive, to receive this promise. That's why I want to conclude with the fact 
that as pastor said that today the church of jesus is christ is found in the death of the lord jesus and waits for when the tomb will be opened or the stone will be removed and we know who will partake for this stone to be removed we always carry the death of the lord jesus in our body so that the life of jesus can be revealed in our perishable body and it will be revealed for those that have accepted this promise, for those that carry it, for those that have grown it, that have grown this light, that have become a light and have become this aroma for one another. And this is very important. Therefore, let us bow our heads, our hearts, and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we again and again are grateful to you for this astonishing time in which we can gather upon this place which your holy hand has outlined. The place upon which you magnify your word above all your name. The place upon which you again and again comfort our hearts, our souls, our body. The place that is comfort when we have fellowship with you through your word, with the Holy Spirit, and with saints. We thank you that always, coming here, we receive joy in our spirit. We look upon that reward which you reveal and remind us through your word. That preached word that you opened to us and that you opened for us. We thank you that we are found full in your food. We always come here with a desire of the heart, hungry in order to be filled. And you feed us, fill us. Our hearts always desires for this truth, and we thank you that according to your word, we have understood what thanksgiving is and what thanksgiving and prayer is, how important it is. We have understood that we are not stiff. We have agreed and rejected our will, our understanding, our own opinions for the purpose of your will. And as you had once said, not my will, but yours be done, Father. We today, with Jesus Christ, proclaim and we speak these words so that God could fulfill, so that God could answer to our thanksgiving with His thanksgiving when we proclaim the inexistent victory in our life as existent, the inexistent promise in our life imperishable as already existent. We thank you that rising up higher and higher upon this mountain, it becomes closer. We begin to see even more. We begin to understand and we begin to be humbled and be humbled before this word which you open to us. We thank you that the word that you have magnified it is magnified in our body, in the temple of our body. We thank you, Lord, that you have made us the firstborns, that you have placed us in your church, in your body. 
because together with the saints, with the congregation of saints, we receive satisfaction from fellowship with one another, correct fellowship, where we stoop down to one another, forgive, understand one another. We can together go from Jerusalem to Jericho. We thank you that we are going to that place where we can be affirmed, where we can believe in that which we have today where we, according to your mercy, can grow this light in ourselves. Today we have placed this holiness of truth in our innermost man. This truth shines so brightly that we look at it from the position of our renewed thinking. We see how the moon receives from the sun, how it governs over our essence. We thank you for those virtues and opportunities that we have in Christ Jesus. Through that word, which you continue to give to us, that we continue to feed from that revelation and those thoughts, those decrees and statutes which we have placed in our new innermost men. We thank you that that which we speak today, that which we declare today, proclaim, this is the faith of our heart. This is the faith of our heart. And we know that this was once in your heart. This was your memory. This was hallowed unto you. You have said that this is the height of your virtue, and you have given it to only one, to the Son of God. You've allowed only Him to draw near, only Him alone as the leader of the covenant can draw near to you. But we, according to your great mercy, having been found in Christ Jesus, can draw near to the Heavenly Father. According to your great mercy, you have uncovered for us how to place ourselves in Christ. This is to place ourselves in the body, in the body which is the church, which are the narrow gates, which represents these gates which can lead upon this narrow path where there is this pasture, where we can see this resurrection. And we go there towards this resurrection. We proclaim and we uh, proclaim that the resurrection of Christ reign in our essence. We wait for this. We continue to listen to that word and to look into it. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that having heard your word, we know that you also hear us. Because we have tied ourselves to you we have died to our nation in the face of this world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes the pride of life we have died to our nation we are no longer tied to our nation we have one nationality this is our city Jerusalem the heavenly city where all of us are going to and to enter into this city is possible through the narrow gates only through the church Therefore, we are grateful to you that for us this truth is so clearly uncovered, so understandable, and so aff we are so affirmed in it. We have believed in it. We have been affirmed. We have seen it in ourselves. We thank you that we can continue to praise you, to glorify you. And only he who has a correct prayer can glorify you, who has this consistency, who waits in patience, knowing that God is faithful to his word and that he will fulfill it. The one who has perseverance, strong desire and thirst, and God will answer this search. 
we have perseverance. We are not lazy. We continue to do and not paying attention. We lose our energy to uh, for everything to come here. And although sometimes it's not easy, but we come thanks to habit. Because you have said that this is a place, the place of healing, place of the comfort of our spirit, soul, and body. And we, with boldness, can approach the throne of grace to receive your mercy or help in time of need. We thank you that turning to you with thanksgiving, with this trembling, with this unearthly trembling that is supernatural, where we use our will and not our emotions, we are based on that information that we hear from you and not hear from our feelings and from our flesh. Therefore, we are based on that word that is written and that is written and engraved on the tablets of our heart, on the tablets of our cleansed conscience, with the truth that is engraved in it in our renewed mind. We thank you that you have led us into the wilderness, that we continue to be sanctified because you have said that you from the wilderness will take your bride. I will bring her and lead her into the wilderness and bring her to my lips. I will bring her to my place where I will speak to her. And you from there, from this wilderness, will return that reward which she will receive, your bride. You will return her lost vineyards of righteousness and judgment. You will return the valley of Achor. You will receive her lost youth. And we are grateful to you that for us this has been uncovered. How we must be correctly found in sanctification. That sanctification is all of our life where we are sanctified for the purpose of dedicating ourselves more to you that we can know about you more so that we can draw near and to come into the house of the Father to meet with our Heavenly Father and we can only meet through grace and truth we thank you that we can see you because that truth which we have heard today it has sanctified us you are the truth and it has sanctified us and brought us to you and your mercy it has justified us and has led us to truth in righteousness because your grace it reigns through righteousness this righteousness this fruit we have and we already look and carry that seed of truth and it is found in us in the state of resurrection and you as a reader can easily read because the vision that we see the vision that we hear it is going to soon be fulfilled it'll soon come and we are found in patience and are waiting for when the stone from that tomb where we are found today in the death of the Lord Jesus will be thrown aside we thank you for this wonderful fellowship with you, with your word, with your revelations, with your commandments, your statutes, your thoughts, your memory. We thank you with, for fellowship with one another. We thank you that all of that which we, we have, you have given us through the person whom we love, whom you love. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you for all that you give us 
And we are grateful to you and bow down our head, our Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debtors, debtors as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We will conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory, glory and unblemished joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>